0: When I started doing what I was doing, I assumed it was going to be like an online youth group, and I was wrong.
1: You're listening to the NCMU Podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries and are proud members of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. In this season one finale of the NCMU podcast, Mark interviews Christian content creators and nerd culture missionaries, Jono, Amanda Souza, Pastor Scar, and Mama Llama Face, live from the first ever Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. Join the conversation as they share about the ways that God is moving through them as they try to better love and serve the nerds in their spaces. Hello
2: and welcome back to the NCMU podcast where we are dedicated to raising up, releasing, equipping the next generation of nerd culture ministry. Nerd culture missionaries, that was the wrong word. That's okay. Um, I want to welcome everyone who's listening in today, but today is unique because I'm usually sitting in a digital studio, but today I am live on stage at NCMS. We give a little shout from NCMS. Let's go. Listen guys, the NCMU podcast was originally building up to NCMS, but it's become something all its own. And so in this season one finale of the NCMU podcast, I am joined by four folks who've been on our podcast before, but it's so awesome to have them here in person, a chance to to just jump in and chat. And I'll introduce them and you can say hello. So we have first over here on the far right, Mama Llama face. Is that on, is there a button? Oh, hold up. There. I should have told everyone to push the button first. Okay. Now, now you can say hello. Hello,
3: everyone.
2: Hello. We have Pastor Scar.
4: Hey, how you going?
2: Yeah. We have Amanda Souza.
3: Hello.
2: And Jono.
4: Hello. Hello. I pushed it. That's my second time pushing the button.
2: Yeah, there we go. The good news is Bubba edits this. So um <laughs>
4: yeah, please cut that out.
2: Um we're gonna just start. We're gonna go in the same order that we have. We're gonna go from uh from Mama Llama over to Jonna. Let's start out here. Can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do, whether it's an organization that you're here representing or a live stream that you do, just tell us a little about yourself.
5: Um, as you guys have heard, I'm Mama Llama Face. I go by Llama. Um I do a digital um type ministry where I just kind of reach out to people and uh, and their hurt and just talk to them about God. Um, So I do a live stream on Twitch and um, some other platforms as well.
2: Yeah, so how long have you been doing that? Oh, so sorry. Well, Um, no, I didn't ask that question before. Okay, about two and a half years
5: now, a little over.
2: A little over two and a half years, yeah. And you're on Twitch, but you've also, in the last handful of months, you've been pioneering out and also exploring a new platform as well. Yeah,
5: so I've uh, moved over to Kick essentially, just to um, reach more people for engagement over reaching them with God's Word. Um, I found that in my experience on Twitch has been absolutely wonderful. However, I saw that engagement was decreasing as far as outreach to people who were not familiar with God itself. Um, just Christians in general were coming into my community, and that wasn't really my um, base that I was trying to reach. Um, so I avenued out to Kick in order to use that as a pure discoverability engagement platform in order to, um, you know, build more of that. So,
2: yeah, I think we're going to come back and tap on some of that in yeah. a little bit, Mama Lama. What I, we talked about this in the episode that you were on. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's been some controversy in the Twitch community and stuff around Kik and all of that stuff. Correct. Um, and what I've, I've loved is your heart as a missionary to say, why would we not go to the darker place? <laughs> like, yes. why, would, why would we as missionaries who are trying to reach people who are far from God not immediately go to the darker place, to be a light in, in the darker place. And so, yeah. really love that. Pastor Thank Scar, you. tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, why you have the accent that you... Wait, have you been on this before? I said that everyone has. I don't think I've ever interviewed you. Is this your first time I, on I the podcast? I think this
0: is my first, yeah. I'm such but a liar. I also couldn't remember, so I was just gonna go with it. Okay. I, I was <laughs> just perfect. like, yeah, I've That's been on perfect. it, check yeah. it out. My episode's <laughs> great. Um, my name's Kieran, also known as Pastor Scar. Um, yes, I am from Australia, so a few things are new for me, like Chick-fil-A. I forgot I was holding this, this is not sponsored, but I just came from from there. It was good. Um, and also, I've never been referred to as a president before, but apparently that's what it says on that s- slide. So how, how exciting is that, you crazy old Americans? you! So, um,
2: there
0: you go. We just but, yeah.
1: love
2: to toss around the word president.
1: We it, just give it to anybody, anybody who why wants it I'll, I'll yeah. it I'll take
0: mm-hmm. it. I'll take it. I stream on Twitch and yeah, I, I dedicate the last six years of my life to making sure that gamers know that God loves them, really. So yeah.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So Well, listen, you are live streamer but then you also representing scar ministries which in some ways is is bigger than just you right so talk just take a couple of seconds and talk about what scar ministries is and kind of what you guys are doing with scar ministries
0: totally Um, so scar ministries is a not-for-profit organization that was established in 2020 when i moved full-time into this ministry space essentially it allows for good governance and accountability when it comes to doing the kind of stuff that we do. So it just means that if someone, say, donates on the Pastor Sky channel, it actually doesn't go to me. Um, it goes to the not-for-profit, of which I will get paid a particular like salary. And it just kind of means that I can say with full transparency that if Mr Beast shows up and drops a million dollars, that Kieran doesn't become a millionaire, but instead the ministry can use that for good. And my salary won't go up or down. So just provide some of those things. Um, there's also a lot that's kind of, changing so i won't go into too much about all that side of things because i don't want it to be outdated very quickly
2: yeah no (laughs) that's fine and mr beast whenever you're listening to this podcast later on just stop by each of our streams and drop a million dollars if you don't mind we'd appreciate that you're accountable Uh uh-huh yeah uh okay amanda tell us about yourself organization that you represent organization you're a part of your role there all those sorts of things okay
3: well hello i am amanda um my husband Uh, Matt, who did the keynote today, Um, so we launched God Squad Church, which is a church for gamers, in March 2016. Um, We also had an incredible team of people launching it with us. One of them is Daylight in the back, so shout out to Daylight. And so we had an incredible team that launched with us, of course. But yeah, so we're a church for gamers that exists on Twitch, and we just started multi-streaming. Uh, to kick Facebook and YouTube as well. Usually it's just like our parents tuning into Facebook, but uh, you know, we're spreading awareness to them that's, as that's well. That's where all
2: of our parents are, yep. Amanda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what we do.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. God's um, Godspot Church has been an inspiration and something that we've looked to and a lot of communities have looked to over the years. Excited to dive in more of what you guys are doing in the online space. Jonna, tell us about yourself, the organizations that you're a part of, the six or seven jobs that you have,
4: the <laughs> other three titles, those sorts of things. Yeah. And most importantly, I'm a follower of Christ and a husband and a father. It's so. a really great Sunday school answer. I appreciate I just, it. Yeah. I just want to say thank you to my, <laughs> my wife and my son uh, just for supporting me in this. Um, it's, it's my first time being away from them for this long since he was born. So
2: yeah. it's uh, it's tough. How old, so. how old is your son?
4: He's, um, I'm not going to say the exact date, but uh, he's less than less than two years old. So
2: Okay. Okay.
4: Yep. Um, so I started out actually as a digital missionary. I joined um, in 2016 um, to the group of individuals that were called uh, to the space. I didn't start bumping into people until quite a bit later into the uh, the timeline. But um, I started out, did that. I built that up um, as a Twitch partner, and then the president at our university asked me to start the collegiate esports program for my for my college. Uh, so I went straight from college into founding our university program, um, and then I also owned a very large land center, and more recently, um, I just started a very successful high school and middle school eSports program with over 65 kids. Uh, four of those teams are top 10 in the country. Um, and so I do quite a bit of different things, um, but eSports is kind of my field, so.
2: Yeah, awesome. So what I love about this panel is we have Mama Lama who couple years into the ministry, um, live streamer, personality, influencer, all of those sorts of things. We have Scar, kind of the same vein, a few more years under that belt. Um, That stream has become a nonprofit now, right, and we're doing a couple other things with that. We have Amanda, who will tell you, like, I think you would be open about the fact that you like being behind the scenes instead of in front of the camera. In many cases, this is where you're uncomfortable, right? Um, But leading an organization that's disciplining People bring them to Jesus. And then Jonna, who's working in esports, which is an entirely different area of ministry that exists sort of in the nerd culture and gaming sphere, um, which we're going to tap into a little bit today. So, and anybody can jump in on any of these questions, but one of the first ones I'd I'd like to tap on is. there's a lot of sort of criticism, right, of gaming in the culture in which we live, right? There's sort of this sort of overwhelming feeling that it's like oh, it's just for kids and it's a waste of time and it's a waste of energy. It's certainly in, in some cases that can be true. Like we all we all have friends and many of us have been in this situation. Like man, we probably need to game a little bit less. But how do you respond to this sort of like, this idea that's inside of culture, but certainly inside the church? The gaming is really just for kids, and it's something that should be set aside, and we shouldn't continue to involve ourselves in it once we decide to grow up.
0: Is that question directed to any? Part?
2: No, it's, it, it's to all of you. So anybody who wants to jump in is, is welcome to jump in and be, just begin chatting about that.
5: So I'm a mom of two. Um, so I kind of two boys. So they love both of them. Love gaming. Um, I kind of have seen it in in them how much they're able to relate socially as well with their friends, and um, I think that there's something special in that. Um, not only through what I do, however, it's completely different than obviously my kids getting online and engaging with their friends. But there's still some type of fellowship that they're getting out of that um, through their friends. So. What I do in a sense of using gaming is simply just a um, avenue to have something basic to relate on in order to then have the deeper conversations that are to follow.
0: Yeah, I think um, one thing that's really important is recognizing the, the balance of it all and going that anything can be unhealthy, whether it's Netflix, whether it's gaming, whether it's whatever, if you are too focused, obsessed, or addicted to it. And so recognizing that you know, the, the time and place kind of side of things where it's just like, you know, you can, can do that. But also, I would say that education is an important part of it. And what I mean by that is we know, because we talked about it this morning, that the average age of a gamer is in their mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Most people don't do that, nor don't know that. So when people say, but it's just for kids, that's where we go, well, actually, <laughs> let me help you with the education piece there and let you know what you don't see. And recognizing that I'm not a kid, I'm a gamer and there are many of us, and helping to really curb that through education.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, we have been learning that the average age of a gamer is around 33 years old, and just in our community alone, um, we have several people who are in like their 50s and 60s that are avid gamers, they love World of Warcraft and just all the games, like they're in paleo with us and just doing all the community stuff, and so it's, it's really not just a youth ministry. And I'm pretty sure like the statistic is like, I don't know, it's like 20% or 30% um, are under the age of 18, something around that, where the rest are above the age of 18. So it's really not a youth ministry. There are youth, there are younger generations that love video games and nerd, all the nerd things, of course, but there are so many adults, working uh, adults that just are engaged and are just loving video games. And so, yeah, and there's like that stigma that we wanna break, obviously. It's the stigma that just because you play video games, uh, you're unhealthy and you're irresponsible. And that can be true, um, but that can also not be true. You can be wise and be responsible with it.
0: Yeah, can I also just say that um, one thing that I like to do is rather than, I know I mentioned the education piece, but rather than coming in as the expert and being like, oh, but you, you know this, why don't you know it? Instead, I go from the honest, true place of I didn't know either. You know what I mean? So when I tell people, I tell them that when I started doing what I was doing, I assumed it was going to be like an online youth group and I was wrong. Mm. And I realized that there are parents in here, there are grandparents in here, like all that kind of stuff. And so in showing that even I as a gamer didn't know the demographic means the other person doesn't have to feel bad for it, but let's use this as an opportunity to learn the same way that I did kind of thing. I think that helps in those conversations.
4: Yeah, hundred um, percent. So obviously with like our youth program, our middle schoolers and our high schoolers, um, some of the stats that I share with parents is that 91% of kids play video games and 50% of kids have played a video game in the last 24 hours. And so it's like, why would you not want to create a space and an environment that's meeting these kids directly where they're at? Now, yeah, it's only probably like 20%, but like 35 year olds. So with what they're doing with online ministry, like that's the most unreached age of people for the church is those 35 year old men. And so it's like, we're we're hitting that exact demographic um, with with digital missions and everything that we're doing there. And so that just really validates the importance of reaching people in this space and creating healthy habits for these kids. So like, for example, with our youth kids, they have a practice each week and then they have a game each week. And those are both hour and a half sessions that teach them, all right, guys, we're going to gather together as a unit. We're going to learn healthy teamwork skills and you're going to have someone that's a christian coach that's going to be mentoring you and pouring into you and teaching you how to do this in a way that's effective that's going to help you get a college scholarship it's going to help you to learn essential life skills that you learn as a soccer player as a football player as a basketball player so it's really important to yeah admit like yeah definitely there can be some addiction problems there can be some unhealthy habits but this is how we're stepping into this space so
2: yeah i love that this idea that like right if if 91% of of minors are playing video games, and 50% have played a video game in the last 24 hours. If you were to go to your local church and say, hey guys, 91% of the local high schools on the football team, guess where the pastors are on Friday night? Like they're like, oh my gosh, 91% of the kids at the school play on the football team? We're gonna get to the football game, right? We're gonna get to the football game. That's where everybody is, right? 91% of them are gonna be at, okay, we we better get there. Like, okay, well maybe we should start a football ministry, like maybe, if 50% of them played football in the last 24 hours, like, oh my God, they're playing almost every single day. Well, what can we do with the field behind our church? Can we turn that into a place where they could come and practice and, and do football? How can we create a space for the places that they already want to engage? And it's really compelling because those numbers literally don't exist in anything in the next generations except gaming. Um, it's really compelling. Okay, so what do we say then to, uh, we're gonna get into some questions that are less church geared, but what do we say then to the church right, to help them, like, we know that the video game industry is roughly about three and a half times the size of the movie industry, right, so I don't know, it's a little under $100 billion is the the movie industry, it's a little over $300 billion a year is the gaming industry, right, and so if you're thinking that, like, you know, you're thinking that, like, uh, Hollywood is having an impact on your congregation, just roughly the gaming industry is having three and a half times the impact on your congregation is what the movie industry is having right now. So what do we say, what would you say to help wake up the church to realize that this isn't just Teenagers in their parents' bedrooms or in their parents' basements, uh, with you know like cheese curls dust on their fingers, um, you know just like jamming Halo game after Halo game. But this is uh, this is when you're getting in front of your congregation. This is also the engineer, right? This is also the guy who works at the water treatment plant. This is right like people that you just would never expect also identifying and being part of gaming culture.
5: I think what the beautiful thing about it is um, that you can connect with people from literally all over the world. So like a good example of that is how I've, I've known Scar for years, essentially just through online um, engagement, just looking at what he does and admiring that. Um, and I think that as far as a church point of view goes, um, it's, it's kind of just removing the stigma of, well, gaming isn't really going to go anywhere. That's not going to do anything for a ministry base. Um, there's a lot of people who are just alone and feeling like they're not wanted or they're judged or they have had a bad experience with a church in the past or um, a Christian, for example. And um, it's just about removing that from their vision when they just simply come into the stream, for instance, and experience something completely different. Mm. And um, just being able to relate on something so mentally based as such a game and having like just conversations, for instance. And we may not know where that conversation and how that might facilitate further engagements with that person. Um, But I think the best part of it is just seeing where it does develop. Because there have been people who have come into my community, for instance, who are non-believers and now they have faith. And um, seeing how much that's had an influence on their life and how God has been able to help them through like the hardest times because they've simply just came into a stream and it was mainly just for a game. Um, I think that speaks volumes on how God is working through a digital ministry and also how he's calling so many people into doing this.
2: I think that's really powerful Mama Lama talking about because you're you're sort of we're um, working around this idea of like communal spaces in our culture, with things like air conditioning and things like the falling apart of a lot of and closing out of a lot of communal spaces, the malls that used to exist. Although, right, our world has consistently less and less communal spaces where you can actually go and engage with people and have a place to build relationship and in many cases, right, that exists in the church and in the bar and the coffee shop, um, maybe, maybe there's a unique place, maybe the, the brewery or the pub, right, if, if you wanna get away from maybe like the bar scene, right, the pub, um, then uh, I, I think like looking at, at those, like a lot of people have now turned, their communal spaces are existing online, Right, that that is the place that they're going and they're having conversation and they're connecting with people. And in many ways, understanding that this space is like the new communal space that people are hanging out, this is the new mall. Um, Like, learning that you can go there and connect with people, I think, is really quite powerful. I
5: I think another thing for the church to also realize um, is that, you know, God does say that it's when two or more are gathered. So essentially, we're facilitating this like online digital space in order to have a church of people who may not really know they're coming to church because they wouldn't necessarily walk through church doors to begin with.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're coming to a place where they're encountering the gospel, love that. Scar, how about you? Like, What do, what do we say to help wake up the church this isn't just a passing thing and this yep. isn't just a handful of people in their basement?
0: Totally, I mean, for me, one of the things that I say at a lot of churches is that everyone else is in this space right like like the the biggest companies in the world like google owns youtube which is in the gaming space amazon owns twitch which is in the gaming space microsoft had to go facebook had to go like you name it they're they're in that space why because people are there now their motives are different for them they're in that space to make money we're in that space to make disciples right mm. there's a difference in motive but the end goal is they've recognized and they've paid billions of dollars to pay people to tell them this to recognize that that's where human beings are and therefore we should be. If the church isn't coming along to that, then we're the only ones sitting on the sideline while the people that we love are being essentially taken advantage of. And we could be in that space, but with a completely different motive and there's nothing stopping us. There's, it's a free entry point, you know what I mean? It's not like we have to buy a business and build a building and do all these things in order to reach this people group. You could do it with your phone. And I, I think that's what I like to communicate is that, we would be the only ones sleeping on it if we're not in there. And if we want to get in there and we think the barrier is whatever it is, there are ways to overcome that. Every, Almost every streamer I've spoken to across this week of meeting so many amazing people has had a similar origin story to me in the sense that none of us had the best gear, the best anything. Most of it was like you would laugh at it if you saw a photo. And that was my story and that's for a lot of us. And I think it's the same for churches that go, all right, in that case we need to buy all the things. It's like, no, you just kind of have to give it a go and, mm. and get started.
2: Yeah, you know what industries typically um, take on new technology the fastest? I, I, don't, I don't know if I can even, I don't know that I want to say it on the podcast, but I'll just say this, they're not usually wholesome communities that adopt new technology the quickest. They're the ones that are the first ones who are in new tech in order to take advantage, in order to capitalize on it, in order to profit from it. While the church is usually still arguing about whether or not they're allowed to go there, um, there's already people's lives who are being wrecked there. And so um, having us be able to go into those spaces where typically uh, we would just argue about going um, while other people go there and capitalize on it really is quite powerful. And I, I, I I love that that idea of like, listen, they're going there, there's reasons, other companies have paid billions of dollars to know that they should, why would you not recognize that as well and and follow in some capacity? Um, Amanda, how about you?
3: I mean, yeah, I have a really just simple answer, honestly, and I think it's something that we've been talking about a lot already is just because the hobby looks different than yours doesn't mean that it's wrong. Um, doesn't mean that it's any less important just because people are enjoying things that you don't understand. Doesn't mean that it is automatically a bad thing, um, a negative thing, an unhealthy thing. And so I think just learning to see people um, first, and then you know what they're interested in second, I think maybe will help um, you know open up your mind, you know, to be more like understanding and to try to understand you know, like, hey, like they are sitting at their computers and playing video games or sitting around and playing board games and all of this nerdy stuff that I don't understand. And, and honestly, that's how the world sets it up, right? Like, they always paint this, like, you know, funny picture of the gamer of, you know, like the Cheetos in the basement. Like, that is what the picture that the world has painted of gamers, and we're fighting against that. But that is true for some, but not for, for not for many. Um, and at the end of the day, they're people that need to be reached, and those are the spaces that they're existing, and they are valuable, and they need to be reached. And so I wouldn't let what their interests are keep you from reaching people. Um, I would seek to understand what maybe you don't understand currently um, to try and reach them. And so. Mm-hmm.
2: That 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 split understanding is really powerful too, Amanda. Like I golfed for the first time a year ago, and can I just say that anybody who complains about how long it takes me to play D and D and then also golfs, can I just tell you <laughs> that golfing takes forever? It was out there. I was out there all day, and it's awful. I don't know why you do it. Listen, I don't understand it. I'm not judging you. The church isn't judging you for golfing, but can I just say that golf takes forever? So if I want to pretend to be an elf in my buddy's basement for five hours, and you want to go golfing, we're in a very similar boat in terms of how long our hobbies take, okay? Just to be really clear. Um, Jono, I mean, you're straight, you're straight eSports, right? You're like, yeah. listen, guys, I'm handing out scholarships for kids to go to school to play video games, right? Um, so unpack some of that for me, because on an entirely different side of it you're actually looking and saying listen on the collegiate side we're on board we're bringing kids in we're paying they're paying for their own school playing these games
4: yeah 100 um there's over 400 varsity programs that are offering college scholarships across the country um there's millions and millions of dollars i believe just last year it was like this is probably undercutting it 20 million dollars in collegiate esports scholarships that were offered and so it's like you want to talk about like giving these people a future i mean you're literally stepping into some of these people's lives and one of my viewers, I was able to give a give, give college scholarship to one of my viewers. Get this, this guy watched my stream for three years, gave him a college scholarship. He moved all the way out of his own state across the country to come and move to my, my small little city. And he accepted Christ at our school in the chapel in um, person. Amen. And he got plugged into my local church. And so you want to talk about, like, meeting people where they're at? I mean, what an opportunity we have and what a time is this that we're all alive and born in? Like, you guys remember the printing press, Right. Remember how revolutionary that was to the expansion of the gospel. Like, has there ever been another time period in human history where someone in Australia could instantaneously share the gospel with someone else on the other side of the world? Like, what a blessing we have to be able to fulfill the things that Paul could only grasp at, that he could just start to conceive. And so you want to you want to talk about the Great Commission. It's like, we've done Jerusalem, we've done Judea, we've done Samaria, and here we are now at the ends of the earth. And so if you're not stepping into this space, you should feel pretty convicted because there's people that need you to step up and be co-heirs with Christ and be utilized by him to reach into these, these, these mission fields that are virtual. And so like Rome before, let's, let's, let's conquer this space. Let's take the promised land for the gospel.
2: Mm. Amen. Yeah, that's great. That's a great word. That's a great word. Okay, let's, let's just dig in real briefly into this concept of relationship, right? Because one of the common complaints, and I think, right, especially when we're looking at the world of church, right, you have a lot of um, a boomer and Gen X pastors who are currently in the process of handing over the mantle to millennial and younger leaders. Um, and so, but they still have a lot of control over the reins. And the common complaint amongst a generation that kind of grew up and then the internet came about, is that those relationships are illegitimate or that they're not real. So um, talk to that for a moment and then also give me a story of a relationship that is very real um, with someone that you've just known digitally. Yeah, you can go, that's fine. You're doing great, you're doing great.
5: OK, so um, I, I, I tend to find that from my own personal experience, um, going to a, a church in general, I had you know been faced with many different types of things that were kind of off-putting, I should say. And as uh, somebody who was raised Christian, that was so ingrained into me to be going to a physical church. And um, I found that essentially what was being worshiped more at the church was either the, um, the worship team itself, uh, the pastor, or people were so clicky, it was very hard to relate with them. Um, I also found that um, people were just very surfacey in general and very uh, distance, like I'm gonna keep everyone at arm's length. Um, in my personal journey with uh, streaming in general and having this digital um, you know, ministry, it's been uh, very eye-opening because somebody comes into your chat and they have no personal identity except for like a tag name, right? And they're able to share something on such a deep level with you. And um, I feel like it just bypasses like maybe six months worth of like, hi, how are you? Good to see you. How are you today? You know, just uh-huh. that normal conversation of how's the weather? Um, so I, I find that people are just able to connect so much faster and so much deeper and just really get on to um, what matters most. And then we can go ahead and do the, the work to help them through that. And um, be able to help those relationships and see, kind of relate with them too and be like, you know, hey, in my past, I've gone through this and I relate with you. I understand. And uh, I feel like a lot of people can't essentially approach their pastor at church and ask those questions. Um, Some do, but most don't. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is too, is um, it's, it just, they might feel judged. They might feel like they're not as good of a Christian as somebody else within the congregation. And I think it definitely does uh, get rid of that.
2: Mm. Yeah, I love that. This idea that like your own personal experience as a follower of Jesus, right? um, Is that I found it hard to make connections inside the physical church relationally i actually found it easier to make connections online with people than i was in a physical church and as a person who was raised in the church and knew all the church stuff right like i knew all the right. church subculture i could check all the boxes i could go to the right places talk to the right people but still found it easier to connect online yeah.
5: and i know you asked about somebody like personally yeah. who i can um relate with like i mean obviously i know miss positivity um she and i have met online and She's one that I've been able to connect with, but there's also people within my community itself that I've just been able to have like such deep conversations with, and um, many of them. But one of them, she was a non-believer, and she's in a complete different country across the entire world from me, and um, she just, she just was such, like I could just tell from her messages, like she was such a genuine person, but she was also broken. And I definitely related with that um, mm. on such a deep level. And so her and I just really hit it off. And, you know, I've been able to just kind of like speak into her life a little bit. And she was, um, she came to God through the stream mm. and, um, you know, she just tells me how grateful she is for it. And I'm like, it's not me, it's, it's God, you know, and just trying to give that glory back how I can. And um we just, you know, just play games and hang out and talk about God. So yeah, all the way across the world.
2: Yeah. Love it. Scar.
0: Yeah. I mean, as far as those relationships that are formed in in this online mode, I mean, it takes something to leave your wife and your cat that you love both dearly at home, travel across the entire world to meet strangers from the internet. Right. Mm. But that's exactly what we did. You wouldn't do that if not for a relationship. You wouldn't do that if this wasn't real, right? You do that because you believe in it. And off the back of this, after Friday, I'm going to be flying to Kansas where I'll be spending two nights with a family that I've never met before because the husband of that family has been volunteering in our ministry for years now, serving God alongside me. We've never been in the same room before, but he's invited me into his home and I'm going to be staying with him, his wife and their kids and and doing that because that relationship is real. The first time I ever did a meetup, in Sydney. Um, this was I hadn't been streaming for very long and I decided that I was going to be at a random shopping centre. It wasn't anything big, right? I was like, I'm going to be there for two hours at a Starbucks. And this is what I I said on stream. I'm like, my wife and I are going to go to this Starbucks. We're going to hang out there for two hours. It might just be the two of us. If anyone wants to come say hi, feel free to come say hi. But that's where we'll be on this time on this day. And we did. And we had a guy fly from another part of the country, literally got on a plane Flew to the local airport, hired a car and drove to the Starbucks for two hours and a milkshake because of the relationship that had formed via this online mode. And a week later, someone that couldn't make that meet up drove from another state with, uh, I think it was like a 15 hour drive just to come and meet. And we had never met in person before. Those are all things that only stem from relationships that were purely fostered via our Twitch channel, via this ministry and via what we do. So the, the evidence is everywhere in yeah. that.
2: Who here uh, came in, flew in, drove in, whatever, because of a relationship with a digital streamer that you already know from this room but had never met in person? Anybody here? Yeah. Yep. Whole, yep, several of you. You came in just for NCMS because of a relationship with somebody who's here that you only knew digitally before but now you get to know in person. Yeah, I want you in the back. Amazing.
3: Amanda? Um, well, yeah, so I'll definitely say that they are real <laughs> um, and impactful. Um, up until about two years ago, I didn't fully understand this myself. Um, I didn't have any uh, close and I, which is crazy to say because I've been doing this ministry for quite some time um, but it hadn't been applicable to me personally until about two years where God began to bring um, godly women into our space and I began to develop uh, just true relationships with them and you know we've been you know meeting like uh, a few times a month you know we pray together. We're we're open and vulnerable with each other. We encourage each other, sharpen each other. Um, And it has been truly life-giving to me. Um, It just truly has changed my life. And I know that that's just for me. I know that that has been the case for so many people online. Um, We even have someone on our staff who lives in the Netherlands. Uh, we've never been to the Netherlands. <laughs> um, so she found us through uh, like our streams, through my husband's stream, and then eventually got plugged into our church, and she's on our staff. She's flown out to uh, the States uh, a handful of times, and we have truly just built such deep uh, connection with her. Um, and so, yeah, it is incredibly possible. You have to be intentional. Hmm. Um, just like you, you would be with any type of friendship or relationship that you have, whether it's in person or online, you have to be intentional um, to connect and to stay connected. But if you're intentional, it absolutely is life-giving and real.
2: Love that. Oh, you've shared a story with us already, of course, about a guy in your stream comes, scholarshiped, gives his life to the Lord in the chapel at your, at your school. obviously you have a pretty firm belief that the relationships are possible, but speak yeah. to this idea that relationships online are, are not real.
4: Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, which story would be um, probably the best to share. And um, I had a viewer that found my stream through a small MMO um, called Star Wars The Republic. And that was my main game that I would stream. And he came in at first and um, started asking really tough questions. Um, he'd been burnt by the church and had walked away from it Um, he was living with his girlfriend at the time um, out of wedlock and um, was just looking for purpose and it wasn't even like he was coming in just asking questions like he was trying to like deconstruct my faith and attack me for my faith and we spent hundreds of hours uh probably thousand two thousand hours um just having conversations online and answering tough questions and um I'll never forget like walking. I was over at my mom's house, and um, I get a text from him, and uh, he's just like, it happened uh, just one day, like several years into this friendship. And um, I'm like, "Like what? And, like, That's a weird text to get from somebody. And um, he's like, I was sitting in my car, and I-, I was listening to the gospel of John, listening to the word for the first time uh, since he was a kid. And he's like, I just had this supernatural peace that washed over me. And Jesus is my Lord. And um, just seeing someone whose heart's been broken and then hardened, um, that was an enemy, uh, come to the faith uh, because of having uncomfortable conversations and being led by the Holy Spirit. There's there's nothing like it. It's like I could die now and everything would be complete. And, like, it's able to be a part of someone else's salvation. Just one person. Um, so do relationships online. Like, do they work? Do they matter? Are they real? Um, Well, I mean, you guys will get to ask him in heaven, so.
3: Mm.
2: Amen. Good word. Good word. You guys have to ask him in heaven. I love that. Um, As we're getting ready to close here, listen, we've talked a lot on the NCMU podcast. If you haven't checked it out, if you're thinking about digital ministry, um, we've asked a lot of people, like, how did you discern that God was calling you into this? And because uh, because it's not, like, it's easy to believe that it could be. Uh, like your own desires to just play more video games. For some people, it is. They tend to burn out pretty quickly. Um, but you guys are in this room because we believe that God has called you it. you've walked through that discernment process all in. We love that. So if you want to hear from some of them and that what that discernment process looked like, go back and listen to some of the NCMU podcast episodes that they've been on. But let's close with this question. Um, listen, pioneering is hard. It's a ministry space without a lot of resource, right? Just to be honest, like, Financially, there's not a lot of resource in it. The church doesn't understand its validity. So the, the, in many ways, right, the, the kingdom resources that could be let loose by the church have yet to be released because the church hasn't seen its validity yet. Um, you, deal with, you deal with a lot of people that the typical church never has to deal with. <laughs> um, uh, and if they did, they just would be wouldn't know what to do with them. Right? That's just the reality of the digital space that you're in. Um, Every time that you go live, people don't realize that you're sacrificing your love for video games on the altar of streaming, Um, that you're not gaming for you the moment that you go live. You're gaming because you're trying to connect with people who also love the game. It takes a ton of emotional outpouring and energy to be able to do that for any length of time. As somebody who dabbles in streaming, isn't very good at it and gets tired easily from it, Three hours, I'm about capped out. And so when you know you guys are going live for really long periods of time, when God Squad's live for like 12 days straight, right? And either just like eating onions live on stream raw or Scar, you're having a subathon and you're casting a tournament, or Jono, you're running three jobs and then also streaming for three hours when you get home. Or Mama Lama, you're just. You're just live at the most ridiculous hours of the day. Um, you're like, oh, yeah, it's 11.15. I'm starting my seven hours of streaming right now. Um, and then you don't sleep and wake up and take care of your kids and you're off to your next day. Right? I literally have no, biologically, I can't figure out how it works. Um, it, like, it's, it, it's really, it's quite, it's quite impressive, but it's also hard. It's really, really hard, um, and it takes a tool on you. So how do you guys keep going and keep pushing, keep pioneering when you have Christians who are telling you flat out, like maybe even what you're doing is wrong or childish so the people of your own tribe don't understand it? And the, the work of the ministry in very real ways is hard. Like it's hard, hard work. I always say it's fertile, but it's untilled and unprepared ground, right? So there's a lot of tilling and preparing that you have to do. So what keeps you going? Mom, Mom we will start with you. What keeps you going? What keeps you hitting the go live button or doing what you're doing?
5: So essentially, it's just like, first of all, God. I mean, uh, that's what initially what brought me into streaming in general. So I, I wouldn't have been a streamer if I didn't feel called to it. And um, just knowing that in some way, whoever might stumble in might be exposed to a verse, or a positive light, or something like that, um, or a fun, engaging community, or people who actually care about them, um, and that just be the way that they are able to have some kind of connection that facilitates their journey with God that just keeps me going. And uh, and just knowing that the sacrifices that I'm making of like being with my husband or my kids or, you know, having enough energy for my day. Yeah, yeah like sleeping literally sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, you know, God is going to honor that at some point. And I, I try to be very patient in my waiting of that. Mm.
3: And awesome.
5: he does honor it through the people.
2: Awesome. Scar, what keeps you going?
0: Spoilers, if you haven't been to my breakout yet, um, but recognizing the need, like knowing that this needs to happen. And for hmm. me, honestly, I never wanted to be a streamer. I didn't want to do this. It was just, uh, it's where people are. And therefore, it's how you reach them. For me, I'm a pastor that has worked at a church and I was very content in doing that. But it was, what keeps me going is the fact that there are still people that don't know Jesus and they need to. And so therefore, I need to be where they are. And if, that's, if this is where they are, then this is where I'll be.
2: Hmm. Amen. Amanda?
3: Um, So for me, I would say three things. Um, God. (laughs) Um, And, you know, obviously God is what gives us the strength to get through anything, right? Whether it's good, bad. God is what leads us through whatever it is that he's called us to. Um, Second, I would say support system. Um, For me, I'm thankful that, you know, I'm a part of a church, an organization. So it's not just me. Thank the Lord. because <laughs> um, as Mark said, I don't like being in front of people. often. I am very much a behind the scenes person. Um, but having a team you know that you're doing it with, or support support system or both, having people that you have relationship with that are on the same mission as you, um, who can come alongside you and empower you, um, encourage you, um, lift you up, uh, pray for you, whatever you need, um, just to have a, just to have a friend. Um, who gets you and is doing the same kind of ministry. I know even just in the church world, it's so comforting having ministry friends, you know, pastor friends, pastor wives, friends. Um, It's the same thing, I think, with anything, you know, just having people that you can relate to that are on the same mission as you, who can come alongside you and be that support system that you need. Um, And three, it would be the lives that are being changed and just remembering that God is moving and he's doing incredible things in people's lives in that is a huge uh, driving factor for me as well.
2: Awesome, Jonna, what keeps you going?
4: Um, I think the word that that uh, has meant a lot to me over the last several years has been submission. Um, just the heart posture of God, Thy will be done, um, as he says in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, just through daily submission, um, he's opened up so many doors and qualified things to validate that this is where I'm supposed to be at. And it's through local discipleship. Um, I'm very intentional about having a strong, godly man that I meet with once a week. There's actually two guys that are on the board. Uh, One of them is on the board at the ministry that I work at, and another one is from my local church. And I've met with one of them for three years now, um, every single week. We've probably missed like three weeks. And it's just... Hard grilling conversations. Um, he's challenging me, uh, making sure that like I'm spending time in the Word. Am I honoring my wife um, and my family? Um, am I being a workaholic? Um, and having people that are there to to call you out and hold you accountable. Um, but then just just again like being obedient um, and trusting God. And I'll be honest, like there's been seasons where like financially, it's like yeah, we were living in my mom's living room uh, when I started the college esports program. <laughs> Like for our first several months of marriage, but the door opened, and I was asked by the school to start this, and it was just, God, I'm going to be obedient, and uh, then another door opened, and then another door opened, and then another door opened, whenever we didn't know if we were going to be able to continue doing this, Um, and so just being willing to be obedient, um, and following the leading of the Spirit, Um, I mean, you'll be mid-conversation with someone, I'm sure, on stream, and it's like, I don't know how that came out of my mouth (laughs) to answer this person's question. Mm. Um, And then something happens uh, in that person's life and the fruit's there. So I would say that, um, yeah, obedience and discipleship um, would be my two main things that keep me going.
2: Man, that's awesome. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode and the first season of the NCMU podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in and listening or watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're not watching us on YouTube... You should probably watch us on YouTube. This is a pretty awesome bunch to have on stage with me. So if you're just listening to this over audio, go check it out on YouTube as well. The link to that will be in the description of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening in this season. We look forward to what God will bring about at the NCMU podcast for season two and all of the amazing creators and streamers and org leaders that we're going to get a chance to talk to and hear their stories as well.
1: Been listening to the NCMU podcast with hosts Mark Lutz of Lux Digital Church and Bubba Stalkup of Love Thy Nerd. NCMU is a member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and available on all major podcasting platforms. The NCMU podcast is part of a greater movement called the Nerd Culture Ministry Collective. You can get more information about this show, our guests, and how you can join our Nerd Culture Ministry Collective Discord server by visiting ncmcollective.com.